The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and welcome to The Sky's the Limit, and I have the pleasure to be joined this week with a very special guest, May Vu. And May coaches busy moms on how to attract and create lasting love in their life and uh, while raising healthy kids and rocking their businesses. May is a, a successful six-figure coach, practicing, practicing serving over 1,000 women worldwide for over 20 years. She has also trained and certified 1,000 life coaches. May has been described as playful, funny, bold, and is a stand for your, and takes a stand, excuse me, for your hot life and hot love. And with that, I'd like to welcome May to the program. Hi, Karen. Hi there, May. Thank you. I'm a little jet lagged. I think it just showed, but. <laughs> I so understand that. I love what you just said, being around the world and here and back for in 20 days. It's just amazing what, what we do in the world, right? It is, it is, it truly is, and I'm so grateful, you know, to be reaching everyone across the world, but boy, I'll tell you, travel can sure take a lot out of you, but I'm great. <laughs> I'm so happy to be joined here with you today, and you know, you certainly have a really rich life, and I just want to get going, because you, you're such a bundle of energy, first of all. Thank you for being here, and I'd like to start with, you know, I know what you do, and we're going to share that with the listeners, but I want to share your personal journey and awakening and what led you to this, if you if you wouldn't mind? Oh, I I love to. I'd love to talk about myself. No, <laughs> thank you so much for asking. I think the biggest, the, the my first biggest challenge that opened me up, awakened me, was my escape out of Vietnam in the seventies when I was ten years old. And at that time, what you know as the Vietnam War. Uh, ended and the communists came over and took over my country and so I my family and I had to leave because we couldn't stay there there was no freedom there was no future for us so we just bundled up our ourselves really we left everything behind and got on a tiny fishing boat and left in the middle of the night and into the ocean with no oh. preparation whatsoever so that we can find freedom and, uh, and a life. What was so that, that like? That, that must have been, that must have been so scary, May. You said you were 10 years old. You jumped in this little tiny fishing boat in the dark. I can't even imagine. You know, it, for me, it wasn't scary. For me, it was, I knew I was heading towards life. I knew life was calling me in the darkness, you know, and so I just, I was so excited because for some reason, Karen, I felt 
all my little life, you know, when I was that tiny little girl, I just felt like I was born in the wrong place, and I needed to be somewhere in the uh, somewhere else, and to to be who I can be, and to to do what I need to do. And sure enough, I got on that boat, and for nine days we floated out there. And I literally almost died because I couldn't eat anything. And I just kept throwing up and throwing up. I was so uh. nauseated from, from being on the boat. Even my mother thought I was going to die. But there was a moment where I checked in and I asked God. I'm like, am I going to die? Because look at my mom is worried, right? And I heard this voice distinctively came back and said, no, you're not going to die. You have work to do in this world and you haven't done it yet. So don't worry. And really? that was it. I never worried. And I just floated until we got rescued and, you know, made our way. It took us about a year to, to, of this whole transition to get to the United States. Mm-hmm. Did you tell your mom about your prayer at all? Did you tell? You know, it was so <laughs> sacred that I didn't want anyone to touch it or to put their stuff on it. It was purely mine so I kept it to myself I, mm-hmm. I just knew that you know I didn't want I didn't want anyone to say ah no that wasn't it or or use that as an opportunity <laughs> to tell me something mm-hmm. else you know I'm like no this is mine so I just knew I, I developed a, um, a connection to that voice inside me throughout my life mm-hmm. that tells me what I need to do next so I just know that that was it mm-hmm. and you were 10 so I was ten. One, wow, and and then you made you did you made your way to America with your family? Yeah, and you know I I love your shows about overcoming life challenges and and that one was given to me. You know, like that one was a gift from the outside world to me, and I just was busy reacting to it and and handling it. You know, coming mm-hmm. into the state as an immigrant. And entering my teenage year as an immigrant, a boat person in California in the 70s was not easy. But I was just dealing with life as it, as it showed itself to me. So that actually was easier. I think mm-hmm. as I get older, I think the challenges that was harder for me, though, was the one that I created for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like... Like when I grew up and and I um, I went to college and became an engineer. Like even that was a challenge. Becoming an engineer as an immigrant with no no support, no background. My parents were not mathematicians or smart people or anything, and no one could help me. And so I just struggled through the whole thing. That was. Super hard because mm-hmm. I constantly ask myself, "Why am I doing this?" Right. So, mm-hmm. but I needed to accomplish that. And then after that, I got a job at a at a very stable company and everything. And when I started really awaken, where I needed to quit my job and go out on my own to find fulfillment, to find my life calling, that was super hard because then I felt like. I was wrecking my life. Like, why would mm-hmm. I give up something so secure to get, you know, to search for something that is not, quote-unquote, real yet? That was a huge overcoming challenge that, that I think um, 
most of us, I don't hear us talk about, you know, we, we talk mm-hmm. about overcoming challenges as a, a victim of life, but we don't talk about overcoming challenges that we, we put for ourselves so that we can grow to the next level. That's a really tough, tough thing to, to take ownership of. But I exactly. did that, you know, so I, exactly. I, I quit corporate America. And then later on, I also quit my job, my, my marriage to keep finding myself. So these things, I think, I'd love to talk more about that because it's just so yeah. so challenging when you create your own challenges to overcome. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, that's true, right? So you, you graduated college, you, you accomplish this great feat, and that's what the world says that we should do, right? The American dream, right? You work hard, yeah. you succeed, and then you do this and you feel like, you, you almost feel like you, you're not living. You feel numb. You don't feel like you fit. And yeah, exactly. And, exactly, and there's you know there's and, something more out there, and I, I commend you. You you had this great what I call belly fire that you, you felt it and it urged you onward, and that's that's what this show is about. I'm, I I want to inspire people to to really get in touch with themselves and what's going yeah. on inside, so that they know, yeah, because we're meant to live a great, big, wonderful, juicy life, and you're just a shining star of that. I love it. Yeah, and that's, that's why I wanted to, like, focus on that because I know that that's what you're trying to create, you know, this message for, for your audience. And it's just like, you know, when you are the one who creates your own life and you appear to other people like you're wrecking your life, it's super hard to do. It's super hard to leap out into the unknown, just trusting your guts and having people go, why did you give up your well-paying job and mm-hmm. your prestigious position so that you can do what? It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, well, at that time, I'm like, I'm like, I really didn't know when I asked for, for, for that, for that exit plan, you know, and mm-hmm. but the minute I said yes to that, you know what? I got this little fact that came and it said, here's life coaching school. You know, uh, have you heard of life coaching? This was 20 years ago, Karen. I was like, wow, I never heard of this, but I read it and I had chills in my body. So Mm -hmm. sight unseen, I just committed and I went to the first class and it literally changed my life. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do. This is what I want to do with people in the world. And this is, nothing's going to stop me. I'm just going to go full board into it. And Mm -hmm. It's that level of commitment and that level of overcoming self-doubt, even though my body was petrified with fear. I was like wandering the street of San Francisco looking for bookstore to help me with my fear of like, why did I leave my job, you know? Mm -hmm. It was so awesome to find exactly what I needed to find. And the universe always brings us exactly what we need right at the exact time, you know? So I just, said yes and there it was it showed right up and and I became I, I actually am my claim to fame is I'm the first certified Asian female coach in the world. That's wow. I did not know that. That's phenomenal. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because I, I came, I saw and I conquered, you know, so that was super fun and it opened a whole new world for me and it made my marriage better it opened up more and more and more however after 13 years of that um it wasn't enough then it was like the next level and this one was even more challenging to 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 reach for which was you know by now i'm 
39 years old. I'm established. I am successful. I have a good husband. I had a good daughter, a, a baby daughter. I have a career, you know, as a coach mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm traveling around the world. But it was like, it's time to go again. And, oh, my gosh, I totally broke my marriage so that I can find out more. And I'm like, I didn't even know why I needed to do that, but it broke apart. And I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> and so that was super scary for me to, to, mm-hmm. to put, you know, to, to declare an end to my marriage and going, I have to go. It was insane. That, I know that's and I was crazy. so glad that I did that. <laughs> it, it takes, you know, a really strong person to do that, to, to pay attention, to be resilient almost. And, you know, just like you said, you start to begin life coaching and you became the first certified Asian coach in, in the world, which is awesome. And your family and everybody starts to finally get what you do. And now you know, you know, it's getting bigger. There's more to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's incredible. And a lot of times, you don't know what life is wanting to teach you. You know, it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, to break my marriage didn't make any sense at all. But it gave me so much. And and I'm just going to put a teaser because we probably won't have time to finish this. But it's like it opened me up to a sexual awakening that I never knew that I needed to take. I just thought, let me just not have any of that because I'm a professional woman. But it was just an incredible journey that healed so much about my relationship with men, with myself, with love, with sex, with relationships. All of that was you know, handle, taken care of if I did not leap out like that. So it was just incredible to say yes to that one. Hmm. May, so there's a lot to that one right there uh, about your sexual awakening and all that happened. We're getting ready to come up on a break, and I'd like to ask you and the listeners to stay with us. So if you don't mind, we'll pick right up on that when we come back. Absolutely. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, and we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? 
We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and I'm joined this week by May Vu. And before the break, we were talking about May's life and everything. And she mentioned something really juicy that she was having an awakening as a life coach, and she had a sexual awakening. So I really want to get into all of that and uh, have you share from your heart, May. Oh, my God. I'm so excited that I get to share about this piece. I had not planned on that, but I love talking about this because it's so crucial as a woman, and I didn't know it. So just a little background is that all my life, I had shut down my sexuality to be a good girl, to be a good Catholic, hardworking, you know, uh, strong, dependent woman. And I... I, my husband was the only person that I've ever had sex with, and that was, that was enough for me. And we had a child, and it was all good. But when I was getting ready to turn 39, I was laying on the massage table, and that voice that told me about, I have work to do in the world, oh, my gosh, she came back in. So I was getting massage, and my massage therapist asked me, what am I going to do for, to celebrate my birthday? And I went inside and I asked myself, I'm like, yeah, what am I going to do to celebrate my 39th birthday? And this voice came out, out of nowhere, and it said, put on a sex party. I'm like, oh, my God. I literally almost fell off my table. And oh, my goodness. I was like, yes, exactly. I was like, are you kidding me? And now I, and this dialogue went in my head, right? I'm like, no way. I can't do that. I'm a mom. I'm a, I, you know, there's no way. I'm a wife. And, uh, I'm, no way. I don't know anything about this world. I'm, that's literally what was going on in my head. And the voice quietly came back and said, here's the deal. Are you going to set us free in this lifetime or are you going to kill us off? And Karen, mm. I just burst out in tears. I just knew right away I was called, you know, I was, I, that's it. They got my number. You know, it's like I <laughs> shut all of that down to, to, to live an appropriate life. And I knew nothing about this world. And I just thought it was bad and wrong and disgusting. And I should never go there. And, and that voice said, no, you got to go here and look at this. And I was just freaked out. But mm-hmm. I went home and I told my husband that. I'm like, guess what I'm going to do for my birthday? And he's like, what? And I said, put on a sex party. And he goes, okay, great. I'll support you. Where, where do we start? And I'm like, are you kidding me? And oh my gosh, all my life, he'd always said to me, all of our relationships, we always said, one day you're going to want to explore your sexuality. I just want you to know when that day comes, I support you. And I thought that just meant he didn't love me enough. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, 
started to understand unconditional love like I've never understood before. I was like, oh, my God, you're really going to do this with me? And he says, yep. And so we innocently started doing that, and we built an amazing party. It's just it was life-changing. It's, it's, um, I have some of this in my, in my book uh, that, that I'm finishing up right now. Um, and so, but it opened our marriage up so that we, we, it needed to breathe. It I needed to go its course, and we knew nothing about open marriages or anything like that. But we innocently went in there, and I just exploded into a glorious being that I didn't even know I had inside me. Unfortunately, what that did was he collapsed into into his self pity and and low self worth and all the stuff that he had to face, and we were just like going opposite direction, and so we had to we had to separate so that we can see what was happening for ourselves, and we did, and he took three years of deep personal reflection to regain himself and reclaim who he was as a man. And I had three years of sexual revolution where I experienced and experiment with men. I went from one man to 35 men in three years. You know, I just experimented Mm -hmm. consciously with men and each engagement, I grew stronger and stronger and, and I got, I, I took back, I took back my, my ownership of my life, of my sex, of my love, of, of how I do in relationships, and I undid a bunch of patterns of relationship patterns that were passed down to me that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was an incredible journey, and at the end of that journey, um, my husband then said, he's done, he's done with our marriage, he doesn't want to continue, and I respectfully said, okay, and so it, I'm, I'm complete too then. And we... We um, we separated gently and we divorced and and then I was free to this whole experience actually is the core piece of understanding that I needed to take into to give birth to my work in the world, which is to work mm-hmm. with divorced moms, you know, to help them date again and rebuild their life from a much more powerful and wholesome place to raise healthy children and to rock their business and to get it to, you know, making at least 10K a month so that they can have the life that they really want and deserve. So that's mm-hmm. what I needed. But I didn't know, you know, like when I did that sex party, I just thought I was some crazy woman who wrecked her life. But I needed to go through that. And that's that's amazing. You know, you, like you said, you just had this, you know, thought that was like, kind of earth shattering it rocked your world it was very um foreign to you and you stepped forward anyways and now it so beautifully serves you because you use this in in your in your business model as a life coach and you speak to women as you said and so it's just beautiful everything always aligns and serves and um yeah what so with that i'd like to ask you know through all of this um what kept you inspired i know we talked a little bit about what kept you going but what kept you inspired you know, through the whole process to really, did you know that you were going to coach women? I, um, I, I didn't know I was going to have this, this specific niche. Um, I've been a coach for 20 years. I work with, I coach everyone, you know, men, women, executives, entrepreneurs, all that stuff. But until the last three, four years, that's when I really, this whole event, all of that, shaped this and gave me the wisdom that I need to know to help 
a woman rebuild herself and and date differently and understand men differently and understand themselves differently so that they can go forward powerfully and 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 softly not just not just powerfully as in strong and and you know protective but powerfully in a soft and vulnerable way that include all of themselves in their life so that they can be loved adored and cherished okay I love that. So you, you teach women how to ask for what they need, but for them to still be women, it sounds like. So no offense that they don't wear the pants in the entire relationship, and I don't want to offend any of the listeners, but teach women well, to find, find guess, their voice. What women really want after I've done a ton of research is that they really want to be loved, adored, and cherished by their man. And most of us settle for just to be loved. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if we just love me, that's good enough. But we don't know what it's like to be adored and cherished. And especially for those of us like you and me who are hardworking women who have a dream, who have a message in the world, who have a business that is growing and wanting to grow more and more with us, we need a strong, hot, yummy, loving man behind us to support us, to nurture us, to for a place for us to surrender to, and who also support us so that we can do our work in the world, so that we're not exhausted, so that we're mm. not doing everything by ourselves. So that's the, the shift that I see is so needed for women in this world right now, is that it, we're, we need to be done with hardworking and doing it by ourselves, trying to raise children, build businesses, do our career, and then please our man and put ourselves last. That doesn't work. That model depletes us, and it's making us very weak in the world mm-hmm. right now. But when we can learn to let a man love, adore, and cherish us, and then a whole system of people love, adore, and cherish us, we are nourished. And then we can do our work in the world so much more powerfully, so much more grounded, and we have so much more fun. And we let in money. When we can let love in, we let money in and success in. We don't realize that when we shut down love because we don't have time for it, Mm. that's when we shut down money and success. It's the same energy. It goes hand in hand together. I'm so glad you said that because as you said that, I was thinking of that, that money and love, they're all abundance. They're all gifts. And yeah, when you when we become blocked to that, then we, we live in a lower vibration. I'm so grateful. So many, so many hardworking moms out there say to me all the time, it's like, man, I don't have time for a man in my life. I need a man like I need a hole in my head. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you totally missed the point. And then they're like, this year I'm going to put my business first, and then I'll let a man in. It's like, oh, my gosh, no, you're, you're choosing hard work instead of choosing to be loved, adored, and cherished. So that mm. you can you can prosper easier, so that you can excel better. My sweetheart, who's been with me for eight years now, is incredible at being in my life. The minute we got together, my life got better, and it continued to get better and better and better. The energy of love helps it better, and he actively. You know, he travels with me wherever I go to teach now. I never have to travel alone anymore, Karen, which is amazing because I spent the first 13 years of of my career just traveling by myself, going to airport after airport, doing my work in the world, training life coaches, and then coming home at midnight on Sunday night, getting my car at the airport, dragging my butt home, you know, and 
just to get up early the next day to get going again. That was exhausting. I never exactly. do that anymore. Yeah. You just described the last 20 days. <laughs> no, that's terrible. Oh, my gosh, no. Like, I want, whenever we do work, we got to have an entourage. We got to have people go with us to support us, carry our bags, be there to help, you know, because it, it allows for our wisdom to come out. When we're mm-hmm. so exhausted, we can't tap into our wisdom. That's true. And we can't love as much. Exactly. And, you know, I, you touched on, you know, women allowing and letting love in so we can be nurtured. And I wanted to ask you about the importance of self-love for women. You know, self-care, self-love. Because I think it begins there, Absolutely. doesn't it? Absolutely. That's where it begins. And, and before, I couldn't get here in my marriage if I didn't heal myself, if I didn't develop self-care and self-love. And self-care and self-love, must start with healing our past wounds, healing our relationship with our mom, our dad, previous men, uh, ourselves, all the self-worth stuff. Deep down inside, all of us women are run by one big thing, one big Mm -hmm. guilt. And that guilt is we are not good enough. Mm -hmm. We're not good enough. We haven't done enough. We, you know, don't know enough. Everything It's not enough, not enough. And that guilt that fear that we're not enough runs us and have us do way too much, take on way too much, and have us walking on eggshells trying to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And we don't get ourselves. We, we, don't, we don't love ourselves because we believe that we're not enough. So that self-love is so important to start. And it's easier said than done. We have heard this. Tons of books, everywhere you turn, Oprah, magazine, you know, every month it's self-love, blah, blah, blah. But how? That's the trickier part because when we are embarking on self-loving ourselves, the first thing we say to ourselves is, Jesus Christ, aren't you done with this by now? You know, how many more times do you have to do this? And aren't you loving yourself yet? We get so cynical. Our brain is so wired to be so mean to ourselves. We need to know how to undo that pattern. We need to know mm-hmm. how to gently love ourselves forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. It can be a painful <laughs> process. And then when you get it, you get it. And there's a big shift. And it's beautiful. Well, share mm. your wisdom, Karen. Like, what's, what's one thing that you do know about self-love? I know that without it, we continue to put ourselves last. And until mm. you begin to really put yourself first and honor yourself, then you begin to have flow in your life. Yeah. When you can flow with yourself, you can flow with life, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's beautiful. And things seem to come to you easily and effortlessly. And staying in gratitude for everything, even when things don't go your way, you, you look at it and say, thank you. There must be a lesson or I must need to know something. And you just move through the day. Absolutely. I, what mm-hmm. you said there is actually really challenging for people, and I think there's a, a subtle something that I could help them with this one, because a lot of times we are not thankful for the bad things that happen in our life, even though we know there's a lesson there. It, when we are forced to say thank you for something bad that happens, we get a little cynical. We get a little crazy in the head. 
I have a, an interim step for you. So instead of being thankful for the bad things, notice how you feel about the bad things that's happening, you know, whether you're angry or sad or disappointed. And notice that. And then you can be thankful for being in touch with how you feel about the bad thing that happened. So you don't exactly. have to be grateful for the bad things, but you can be grateful to be in touch with how you feel about what's happening to you. When you can do that, that's, that's a step that helps you open up and soften up to being grateful for the, the lesson to come, the, the, the bigger meaning that this bad thing that, that is bringing for you. Correct. I hope Correct. that helps. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's what I was trying to say. I, you know, apologize. I was, um, yeah, but but I'm just grateful, like I said, for every day, every moment, and everything that does happen because everything is serving us to bring us to our highest good, even if we don't realize it. And like you said, even when a circumstance happens that's not maybe the most pleasant, it it does have a lesson, or it, it is there to show us something, like you said. And um, it's interesting what comes up around your belief systems. Mm-hmm. And when you start to shift, it, that's amazing as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come to a quick break, Mace. I'm going to ask you and the listeners to please stay with us, and we'll be back momentarily, okay? You betcha. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. 
And remember to use the hashtag TheGiftIsTheShift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and I'm back with my featured guest this week, Mae Vu. And we were having a really in-depth conversation about life and just self-love. So, Mae, I want to ask you to jump back in on this. And um, I think, you know, for women and men, it's really important. Self-love it does not come from an arrogant, egotistical base. It's, it's a place of honoring yourself and what you have to share on that. Uh, well, I, I'd like to pick up some more about this, this feeling not good enough. Like how often we beat ourselves up for have not having done enough. So many uh, women who came to me and wanting to, to, to move forward, wanting to date again and wanting to have that love in their life, they always start with, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been divorced for 10, 12 years and you know, I'm still thinking about how I could have done that relationship better, how I could have, you know, save it, or, you know, maybe if I was nicer to him. It's amazing how much we beat ourselves up for not having done enough and not being enough in the relationship. And then we take that and you go into your next relationship with that belief. And then you overcompensate and you try to please this guy and, and then you don't, Beat yourself on what you really, what you really want because you're afraid that what you really want is inappropriate or too much. Um, and, and so we pretend. So it's, that, this is what not having self-love look like. You know, most of, most of the time when, when people hear us say self-love, we're like, I have self-love. <laughs> and it's like, they don't realize what, how it shows up, how their life shows up, give them a mirror of like, well, actually, you don't have self-love. You know, mm-hmm. here's some mm-hmm. indication that, so I'd love to like brainstorm when like you and I can play together. It's like, what does it look like outside when someone doesn't have self-love inside? What do you notice, Karen? <clears throat> oh, I, like, like you said, I noticed the same patterns happen. You know, maybe the new relationship is all great in the beginning, like it always is, but then you find out down the road that the same patterns or the same yeah. traits, they keep coming mm-hmm. up. So it sort of becomes like a game um, of whack-a-mole. You you're running yeah. from the same you're 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 running from the same stuff, and it's just presented in a new. It's looking at you in a new with a new face, and until you really get clear, it, yeah, you keep you keep doing that, and you say, "Why me? Why me? Why me? Why?" And you watch people you know fall in love meet people, have great relationships and until you really open yourself up and begin self-love. And it's not to be airy-fairy, but really self-love. Yeah, yeah really self-love. Like, you know, not walking around with rose-colored glasses, but really a deep love and your heart opens. Then, and then what you, you said, sh- that, that metaphor that you use is so such so good. Whack-a-mole. That's what we do. We take a hammer and we whack ourselves in the head. We try to push down the things that we think that inappropriate or whatever that surface from us, we whack ourselves down. And when we don't do it right, we whack ourselves down. When we, when we fail at, a, you know, when a guy jump us, we whack ourselves down. When we, when we fail at a, a business relationship, we whack ourselves down. It's like we find so many ways to whack ourselves down. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then we wear the suit that I'm not good enough. You know, or, or I can't, or what, however you want to phrase it, is always yeah. less than, and that's not the truth. And 
Yeah, so self-love will just yeah. dissolve that. And yeah, it's powerful. So and I another love this. way that it, if, you, if you find yourself working hard and looking around and no one's there to help you or your complaint is, you know, how come it always end up on me? How come I'm always the one who have to do this? That is an indication that you have low, you don't love yourself enough. Um, it's it's a long way to make that connection, you know, because most of the time we see that we just blame the circumstance, we just blame the people around us. Well, it's because nobody listened to me. It's because nobody wanted to help me. Everybody wants to go play and leave, dump me with this. Oh, my gosh. If, you, if we stop right there, then we'll never change. But if you start to, if you see that pattern in your life, take a breath, sit down and ask yourself, how is this an indication that I don't love myself enough? Mm-hmm. Where did it, you know, how does this relate to this? You're going to start to see, oh, oh my gosh, I put myself last. I said yes to something that I should have said no to. Oh my gosh, I, I denied myself my real truth. I didn't say to them, no, I don't want that, you know, because I didn't think I deserve it, because mm-hmm. I didn't think it's possible for me. So this is how you trace yourself back so that you can identify that you don't love yourself. Because most people actually walk around the world thinking that they love themselves. They do. But it's a lie. Yeah. Right. They, they don't see themselves. It's like toilet paper hanging out behind you. You know, it's like <laughs> you don't see that you have that until somebody shows you, well, actually, you do. You know, you don't right. love yourself. That's how come you're in this mess. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or we, I think, well, I'm just going to say in this country, I think we define self-love as material good. So the more mm. material that you have, you know, then that defines you. It's the label, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a nice home and there's nothing wrong with having a great car. That's not what I'm talking about. But I think we accumulate stuff for self-love and that's not yeah. where it's at. Yeah, it's like we don't know how to love ourselves, so we just go and buy stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like we think that that's going to make us, that's going to mean something about us, and that means that we are worthy then, you know, because I have that beautiful car or that fancy house or in certain ways. It's like, but inside, you're lonely, you're, you know, it's cold inside. Inside, mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. you're still beating yourself up and you're not enough yet. Exactly. So I'd like to ask you, what are three tips you can share for letting more love into, into um, the listeners' lives? And, and why is this important? The first thing is to listen to yourself. Learn to have patience to listen to your whiny self. Most of us shut that down. We read somewhere in the Law of Attraction work that, you know, uh, don't focus on the negative, only the good. And so we walk around pretending, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah, I feel like crap, but it's all good. I'm not going to focus on that. We misunderstand the law of attraction. Oh, my God, this is like one of the biggest misunderstandings of the law of attraction. They are not saying put a lid on it. They're saying feel it fully and then let it go and focus on the positive. We skip exactly. that, feel it fully and let it go, and we just put a lid on it and try to pretend like we do. That's not it. Mm-hmm. When you feel bad, if you let yourself feel it fully, it only lasts 90 seconds or less. 90 mm-hmm. seconds or less. If it lasts longer than 90 seconds, your brain has taken that and created a big old story and put yourself in the victim mode, and you're no longer with the feelings. You're now with a thought about it. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. So exactly. let yourself feel it. It's like, oh my gosh, I feel really bad. I just got hit by a car. I don't have time for this. I don't have money for this. I feel like a victim of my life. Why is this happening? Why is everything so tight and hurt right now? I feel so pathetic with my life. Please, somebody help me. You just feel that whole thing. Give yourself 90 seconds. Immediately when you feel that, you will naturally start to feel something else. This is mm-hmm. actually page 22 in the Law of Attraction book by Abraham Hicks. You know, these are the progression of emotion. You got to let yourself feel whatever it feels, if it's sadness, anger, whatever. And when you feel that fully, you will naturally, you know, naturally evolve to the next feeling, the next feel good, the next feel good. So you may go from hopeless to anger to, to um, resignation to overwhelm, to contentment, to like acceptance, and to contentment and to joy. So it evolved like that. So don't suppress your feelings because when you suppress and pretend like you don't feel that way, mm. it doesn't work. Yeah, it just you comes back up. You have to let yourself feel. Yeah. If you're angry, be angry. If you're pissed, be pissed. If you're enraged, rage. Let yourself feel that. And if you're disappointed, if you're hurt, let yourself feel that. Even if you're depressed, let yourself feel that. Feel it fully. Mm-hmm. It will naturally evolve to the next level. So mm-hmm. you ask for three tips. I think all if that's all you guys do from doing that, you will naturally start to arrive at self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. And what are the... We touched on this earlier, but... What are the three biggest mistakes you think women make really regarding pushing away money, love, and success? We, we touched on that earlier, but just to encapsulate them. Sure. First of all, they let themselves be exhausted. They say yes to so many things, and they're exhausted, and they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing. And then when they do that, they judge themselves for not being good enough. So then they, they beat themselves up, and they shut themselves. So now they fall into their trap. Of like, okay, I've done too much. Now I beat myself up. I'm unworthy. I can't ask for help. So that's trap number three. They don't. They don't ask for help, and then they isolate, and then they 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 think that they should be the only one to pull themselves out of that hole. You know, if I'm going to be anybody in the world, I got to figure this out myself instead of simply just saying, oh my gosh, I've fallen in the hole. Can somebody please help me? Can somebody come and spend time with me? Can somebody just make me laugh so that I can, I can get myself out of this mess? They don't know how to do that because they're so ashamed that they fell into their hole. And then they get stuck in there. And then they, they start blaming. They blame themselves. They blame their mother, their father. They blame their circle. And the trap gets tighter and tighter and tighter. It so does, if you do any of those things, you should call me or Karen. <laughs> it's like, call <laughs> either one of us. It's all good. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, it's true. I mean, you know, then it just gets to be like, um, feels like you're walking in, in mud or muck. You know, it just, you can't move. And I don't know. And I've learned for myself, with self-love comes um, the peeling away of some relationships, some friendships, you know, it's, You mentioned isolation, and when I was going through my own awakening, um, there was a period of isolation where I had to sit in silence and honor friendships that were no longer really good for Mm -hmm. me. So I wondered, we could talk about that a bit. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. They call it the dark night of the soul, you know, where you're going to another level. Yeah. And you have to face that, you know, am I going to be alone for the rest of my life if I let go of this relationship? Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so scary. And it's the, the pattern of the abuse, you know, I, I rather have this thing, this relationship that's not so good for me, but at least I have it rather than mm. walk away and risk being alone. And that's what pe- people's brain, that's one of the traps that, that the hardworking woman, I call it the hardworking woman trap, you know, is, mm-hmm. is that they think that they're going to be alone and, and it's dark and, and they can't say no. And then they feel guilt. They feel guilty that they would have to say no to, to that person or that relationship. They can't leave that person in, in their misery. They have to be in there to help them. That is crazy making. The best thing you can do at all the time, the airline has this right, you know. When the mask, when there's an emergency, the oxygen mask come down, you have to put your mask on first before you put it on your child, before you put on the people around you. So put your own oxygen mask first. Same thing with love, same thing with life, same thing with everything. Put yourself first, love yourself, and take good care of yourself. Mm-hmm. That will that. transmit so much better than if you try to put the oxygen mask on everyone else and deprive yourself of oxygen. Of, ask of you something. I want to ask you something. Sorry, that's really been yeah. on the tip of my tongue. So I know you work with men and women. So you say there's three things men want that begin with the letter S. For other, from women, can can we touch on that? What what that is? Tell, tell me, tell me the letter again. I couldn't hear it. Three things men want from women that begin with the letter S, as in Sam. Uh huh. And I'm wondering if you you might want to touch on that for the listeners. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, I love it. Thank you for asking that. You're well, welcome. Yes. Okay, I'm going to start with the, the, the cliche, men want sex from women, but not the way you think, not the way your mother told you. My mother told me that, you know, men want sex from you, and so you've got to run, because we assume that sex is bad and wrong. But men want sex from us because that's where connection is for them. When they are having sex with us, the good sex, the yummy sex, they are connecting to us at the most I, I, lack of better word, the goddess level at the most okay. connection level. And they want to love, adore, and cherish our body, ourselves. Our, when we are in a state of sexual being, we are in our real state. We're not pretending. We're not performing. We're not taking on a role. This is who we are. We are all sexual being, but for some reason, we walk around pretending like we're not. Mm-hmm. We hate that about ourselves. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. I think it started with the church or politics or somewhere. But, you know, so we hate our, uh, the fact that we're a sexual being. Men actually are here to help us heal that relationship and help us reconnect to our sexual being. Mm-hmm. So the first S. The second S is sensuality along with sex. Not even, even if you don't have the act of sex, sensuality Oh my gosh, a simple touch on a man's hand uh, or arms is so sensual to them. It brings them to, it brings out the king in them. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel like a hero. It makes them feel like a powerful man. They want sensuality. 
a lot of them don't know how to ask for it a lot of times, but they long for that from us. So they want us, and they want to see our sensuality, but we're so busy and exhausted. We don't have time for sensuality. We don't even have time to take a shower, let alone sensuality, and we get resentful that men want sensuality from us. But that's the key to allow us to soften and to love and to open our heart to them. That's, they know where this is. And that's the, the third S is softness. They want to help us find our softness. They want to experience our softness. Softness, sensuality, and then sex. Gorgeous arena that are put away all the time and shut down, locked up. I know, because you know my story. I've shut it down. And, mm-hmm. and But that's the, really the doorway to everything that we want. And when we can open and let ourselves be soft in the world and have our sensuality flowing and that we're no longer afraid of our sexuality, oh my gosh, everything comes to us. Money, success, now we are ready to go bigger in the world. Now we are a wholesome being that can really be of service in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, not only do we shut it down, Mae, but sometimes we shut it down, put it away, and then we build a wall around it so nobody can climb over the wall. You know, we don't want anybody them. And we shoot them with arrows and guns if they try to come near, and we make them completely wrong for it. I know, and then we, yeah, then we say, oh, that's not the right guy. And all they were trying to do was just show up and love you. And get yeah. that from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. <laughs> When wow. can we claim that? When a woman can reclaim that, she's no longer afraid of men. She's no longer afraid of herself. She's no longer afraid of power. She's no longer afraid of success because she can handle it. Wow, that's powerful. I love that. It's so true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you love yourself, everything else opens up. You begin to soften. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the reason that's why beautiful. we don't have we don't have the money and the success that we want it's be it's not because it's not there it's because we don't know how to receive it and we don't mm-hmm. know how to hold it we're afraid of receiving it and holding it and that's right. why we don't have it right because we live in some sort of lack somewhere and that's what's showing up yeah and we don't love and ourselves and we don't think we're good enough to hold it you see Exactly. So can I ask me real quick, because it looks like we're coming to a close and the hour always flies by and I'm, I'm just thrilled to have you here. What, what is next for you on the horizon? What's next? Oh, yay. Um, I have a book coming out called The Divorce Mom's Guide to Dating, How to Be Loved, Adored, and Cherished. That is due to come out around Valentine's Day. We're shooting for Valentine's Day. We may miss it, but that's okay. Um, It's an awesome book that encompasses a lot of what I've said here today. And if you love what I have to say and you love to experience it in person, come to my Hot Life, Hot Love event on March 12 and 13 in the Bay Area. All you have to do is go to hotlifehotlove.com and you will see uh, the information about the event. It is a... um, uh, it's an event that I've made it super easy for you to come. It's actually a free event, a gift from me to you. If you come to the event and you spent two days with me and you love it and you want to do work with me, great, you have an opportunity to sign up. If not, you will walk away with a ton of information that will start to benefit your life. So it's a win-win for everyone, and I just, just love to have you there. 
That's beautiful. And I, as we come to a close, I just want to share with the listeners how to reach you. So, um, I've got your phone number. And I, can I, may I give that out or your uh, business number? The best way, I, I, I'm not good with phone. I'm much better okay. on email. So if you'd love to spend 15 minutes one-on-one with me, I am creating a gift for you. I have five slots open. So for those who are listening and would really love to talk to me and feel called to talk to me and must talk to me, send me an email with the subject line that pick me and then send it to May, M-A-I, at hotlifehotlove.com. M-A-I at hotlifehotlove.com. And I will... I'll pick you, and we can have a life-changing 15 minutes together. That sounds beautiful. Thank you. And your website is www.hotlifehotlove.com. And I want to thank you, Mei Vu, for being my featured guest and the listeners. And I'll see all of you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift.